This is Transistor.fm. This episode is brought to you by ProfitWell.com. If you want all of your SaaS metrics in one place, you can sign up for free. Also, their new show, Season 2 of Protect the Hustle, is out now in your favorite podcast player. Just open it up and search for Protect the Hustle. Hey everyone, welcome to Build Your SaaS. This is the behind the scenes story of building a web app in 2019. I'm John Buda, a software engineer. And I'm Justin Jackson. I do product and marketing. Follow along as we build Transistor.fm. How's it going? You're uh, you're in Brooklyn and I am, I'm not. Yeah, I am in Brooklyn. I've been in New York for a week now. <laughs> I... I, How long does it feel like longer than that? Um, it's starting to feel long now. Like I'm starting to get a little bit homesick. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, you know, of course, when you first fly in anywhere, it's kind of exciting, and uh, you know, it's full of possibility. And uh, I leave tomorrow afternoon, and so, and I've had many kind of waves of experiences. Yeah, and so. Uh, yeah, it feels like almost like three kind of distinct parts and now I'm in the kind of the tail end. Yeah. I feel like New York does that though. If you're there for a while, it's like, there's just so much going on. Yeah. Uh, yes. And it, it always brings up this question of, you know, am I living in the right place? I think because it's, uh, my experience flying into cities like this is, I'm meeting all these people. It's easy to get meetings. And maybe that, you know, the story I'm telling myself is if I was here, I could do this all the time. Uh, uh, but the flip side of that coin is if I was here and I did that all the time, I'd be exhausted. <laughs> yeah. You'd also be broke because you have a family. Yeah. And... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I did meet, I met with one, one fellow who's, uh, he just had a second child and is, renting an 800 square foot apartment for $40,000 oh. a year, which is oh my God. with, with two kids, with two kids. Yeah. Oh my, wow. Yeah. That's, that's the life. Crazy. Yeah. Uh, but bef- before we get into my trip, cause I think it'll probably dominate a lot of our conversation. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about you. Cause last I heard you were looking for an office. Yeah. So, um, you know, this whole transition into full-time transistor work, you know, I knew there was going to be this point where I would need to find a place to work. I was hoping to have it sort of lined up, you know, by the time I, I made the move to, to full time, but that didn't happen. So, yeah, there's, there, you know, there's obviously a couple of options. One is just work from home, which I just cannot do mm-hmm. anymore. Um, work from coffee shops, which also really not great for like sustained focused work. I could probably like write emails and do customer support there for like an hour and then just want to leave. Mm-hmm. The other option was find a co-working space and rent a desk there where I don't necessarily know anybody. Uh, and it would probably be fairly expensive or like this, you know, weird, like I, I've, the more, the more I see those places, the more I think they're like these manufactured experiences. It's like, Hey, look at, 
look at our look at our pictures and how awesome we are and how our community is great and like it's all these people who are happy and working and you go there and it's like <laughs> nobody it's not that, that. yeah i i i saw a we work in the in the wild for the first time and yeah there's a few here and like you know it's an option but it it's yeah it is a weird i i actually i had this weird experience just short tangent where I, I knew I needed to get a new phone when I got to New York. Uh, there's no Apple store where I live. And my phone has just been dying. Like the battery dies right away. And so uh, I'm, uh, I was in a place with good Wi-Fi. And I was backing up my phone to my computer. And all of a sudden, my phone um, like tried to reboot, but it didn't work. And then I, but I didn't realize this. And I left the office thinking, okay, it, it'll be fine. I can just reboot it somehow and it'll work. And then I'm, I, as it, when I got out and I no longer had Wi-Fi, my phone is now, every time I turn it on, it just says, plug it into iTunes, <laughs> like restore from iTunes. Why. And so now I'm kind of, panic is starting to set in. Like, I'm like, I need to get somewhere with Wi-Fi right now. And I saw this WeWork and I'm like, oh, okay, I'll just go there. And, um, yeah, it was, it's weird. It's, it's like, there's these people working there. They clearly don't know each other. There's this like welcoming committee. And, uh, the irony is that to, (laughs) to rent space at WeWork, you need an app. And I'm like, okay, well, my phone doesn't work. So I'm going to have to figure out a different solution. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, Yeah. I, I, I totally get what you're saying. So I was trying to avoid those types of places. I mean, there's smaller co-working spaces, especially in Chicago, but, um, they're still like relatively expensive, I think, for at least for a permanent desk. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> the uh, the ideal situation is one where I sort of just share a space with some people I know. Mm-hmm. Um, just a quiet space where people are there to work. Um, it's not, you know, it's not you're not trying to build like this fake community or anything. Mm-hmm. The community's already um, there. There's connection already. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, an old coworker of mine reached out and said that his lease, he has his own office right now. His lease is going to be up soon, so he was kind of wondering if I wanted to go in on something together. Um, looked around for a bit, and then he ended up reaching out to a, an old friend of his that he used to work in an office with. And it turns out that this guy, who I've, I've also met before um, a few times in the past, has an office for basically like a a satellite office, a little satellite office for the company he works for. Oh, nice. Um, and it's only like four or five people. Two of them or three of them are barely over there. He's only there like three times a week. Um, so he's renting some extra space for like a really, really good deal. And so um, my old coworker and I, I think are going to both work there. Nice. So, you know, it's like BYO desk, bring your own desk. Mm-hmm. Uh, bring your own monitor and chair and everything and just set it up and like you get access to it. It's 24 seven. It's in a neighborhood that I've never lived in, but it's, and I don't really go there very often, but it's a nice, like quiet neighborhood mm-hmm. and it'd be like a bit of a commute. Um, but I think we talked about this before. Like, I don't really mind that. I haven't had a really big commute in a while so how how long of a commute are we talking and is this by train or by bike or uh it could be biking is like 20 minutes bus probably 20 to 30 depending on how many bus switches um so like not 
not bad. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's not too bad. Yeah, it, it, it's a nice, nice neighborhood, quiet space, like super nice people. Um, and the, you know, the idea was to just find a place that I can really like get some deep focused work done. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think it'll be a good spot for that. Like I don't, yeah. you know, I don't, I haven't signed anything yet, but, uh, it'd be nice. That sounds great. Yeah. And it, it's, not, it's kind of similar to, I think your setup. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, initially when I was renting an office, it was just, uh, it was 200 bucks a month and it was just this small little, uh, maybe 150 square foot space or something. Yeah. Um, and now when we started our co-working place, it was just four of us that wanted to split rent and right. it's expanded since then. We have more members, but uh, very organic kind of slow growing community. And I've really enjoyed it. Just having these regular faces that I see every day, every week, people I can go for lunch with, people, you know, if work is going bad, we can vent to each other. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's, yeah, that's kind of what I was looking for too. Um, and I, you know, it's an old coworker that I used to work with that I really liked working with. So I think being back in a space with him will be, will be nice. That's great. So This reminds me of these micro optimizations that James Clear talks about in Atomic Habits, his book. And one of the case studies is the UK cycling team and just how their road to success was always just doing these little optimizations. And I think where we work is one of those things that some people don't think about. They're like, no, I got to work from home. That's the only way to do it. That's the only thing that makes sense. But clearly you were like, okay, wait, something's not right here. And we need to change it. And I think those are the things, those small little incremental changes actually have uh, in, you know, when you put them all together, that actually does determine a, a, a big amount of a company's success. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's worth it yeah, for us to invest in that. And um, yeah, yeah, I think it'll be good. I think it'll be good for me and for the company. I, you know, it's, I haven't really, obviously I'm working on this full time, but I haven't felt like it necessarily mm-hmm. just because it's sort of like, I don't know, a bit scatterbrained sometimes and like schedule's weird and like I don't have a desk that I go to and work at. Like I don't go somewhere that's like, this is where work happens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that was actually easier for me when I went independent because I was working for Sprintly and then when I stopped working for Sprintly, I didn't change offices or desks or anything. It was just like uh, I kept the same desk, same location. The only thing that changed was the work I was doing. Right. So yeah, that totally makes sense. Yeah, so I'm yeah, I'm looking forward to it whenever whenever it starts up. Awesome. In the next next week or so. Awesome, man. Cool. Do you, are you going to get a standing desk or are you a sit down kind of desk person? Uh, I might get one that's yeah convertible. Yeah. There's some like you know it's obviously I haven't ever bought one for myself, but um, there's a lot of good options now that aren't that don't like break the bank. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, they used to be like, you know, $1,000 or $800. And I think there's a couple that are pretty good now for like a couple hundred bucks. Nice. Um, so. That's great. Uh, actually, while we're talking about this, this would be a good time to bring up a topic, uh, which is uh, how are we doing expenses? That's a good That's a good question. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think it'd probably be beneficial for 
office space to be paid for by the company. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As opposed to like after tax from my personal account or your personal account or whatever. Yeah. Um, hardware and stuff like that and desks. I, I don't really know. Um, I don't know. What do you, I mean, we haven't really needed to buy any yet, right? We haven't needed to buy computers. We haven't needed mm-hmm. to buy, um, although you bought this portable recorder, which mm-hmm. that's why bringing it up <laughs> could probably be expensed. Yeah. I mean, good time, it, yeah. good time to talk about it. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, I think it's probably beneficial for all this stuff to be paid for by the company. Yeah. Pre, you know, pre-tax, pre-payroll, all this. So, like, it's just a business expense. Yeah. Um, here's a here's a suggestion because we're just doing this in public. We're just figuring this out. Yeah. Um, I it it seems reasonable to me that for most things, anything that Anytime we decide to expense something that seems to be like, uh, you know, uh, well, office is an easy one. So if if your office costs 150 bucks a month, then we would just also credit me for 150 dollars a month. Right, and that actually works out well in my case because my office is about the same as yours. Uh, with hardware and things, I think it it is reasonable that we would both be spending money. But if we could track it somehow so that it's roughly the same. So I just bought this audio recorder that I'm going to be using. But that should almost go on a spreadsheet saying, okay, Justin spent um, whatever this was, $219 of his hardware budget. And that means John now has $219 to spend. Right. Or we we have a set budget per year for hardware or... Mm-hmm. Like I was thinking about that too, right? I'm the, you're looking into a new laptop whenever Apple comes out with something that isn't a piece of garbage. Yeah, I don't need one right now, but like, you know, I don't know what would be reasonable. It's like, as a company, each of us gets to buy a laptop every couple of years mm-hmm. or three years, but like the company owns it, and if you get a new one, you have to like sell it and use that money to buy the new one or something like that. I don't Yeah, actually I like that idea better for us to start in the same way that we are, we're using profit first for uh assigning these percentages. So 50% yeah. of revenue goes to um owner salaries. 5% yeah. goes to profits. Uh 15% goes to taxes. Um it would be interesting maybe to uh have either a percentage or probably more reasonably a a dollar amount that is like okay this is what we spend on equipment um mm-hmm. in a reasonable kind of way and uh and then it's just it's clear for both of us we both have some autonomy in terms of how we right. spend that budget and it also probably will get if we do ever hire people it'll give us a framework of okay well of course we're going to give them something for a desk and give them something for office space and like all the reasonable things Mm-hmm. And uh, I think we should just account for that. We should probably even like whatever you you know you spent on. Well, yeah, we got some of this stuff is messy because we're we've brought mm-hmm. some of our own assets into this that we use, but we haven't that are that are not yet on the balance sheet. Uh, I don't think we have to figure all of that out now, but yeah, I, th- I thought it would be interesting for us to at least talk about it quick right now. Yeah, yeah, we should. I mean, I, I think it also it also ties into the need for us to get a credit card for the company, mm-hmm. which we don't have yet. Which we've looked at a few, but haven't applied for any. So. Yeah, yeah, 
Yeah, send us your favorite uh, business credit card, folks. <laughs> Everyone has a favorite. Because <laughs> <laughs> that would have it would have made it easier for you to buy the microphone, right? And not have to then. Now we have to do a reimbursement. Yeah, uh, right, uh, right. Submitting it, which is which is fine too. That's and by the way, folks at home, if you have uh, ideas on how you do that, that'd be great. I've had tons of great feedback from folks on our last episode where we talked about how we manage projects. And uh, one uh, one comment here from Ben. Uh, Benjamin says, uh, he's from Okie Dokie. He says, latest podcast was great. I have lots of thoughts on small teams, SaaS, and support. I never did figure out the cadence on the features versus refinements and bugs, to be honest. Features just take longer to ship. With your MRR, I still think you should hire immediately, maybe even two support staff. You can scale MRR more focusing on doing what you and John are best at. I tended to do themed days. So Mondays is for ops and infrastructure. Tuesdays to Thursdays is features and Fridays is upgrades and bug fixes. Hmm. So I thought that was cool. Um, just seeing how different people handle things like themed days and stuff. Yeah, I think we'll we'll probably do a follow-up episode. I mean, I know I, we're trying to talk to Jason Freed too, right? And it'd be interesting to ask him questions mm-hmm. on this at least his thoughts and opinions on on how a small team like us would adopt something like Basecamp uses. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, I want to get into my big New York adventure, but but first, but first, but first, folks, Redash.io to help you better understand what you can do with Redash. They've produced a few video guides, and those guides use SaaS metrics as the demo data. So it should feel it should hit close to home for most of our listeners. Uh, I've created a redirect for the blog post, so all you have to remember is transistor.fm/redash, and that'll take you right to this case study. Really interesting what they've done. It's a uh, visualizing data with Redash, and then they just go through a bunch of videos that show you how they use it. Well worth your time, I think. And uh, also, if you go to redash.io, you'll get 50% off your first three months when you mention Build Your SaaS. Cool. Okay. So it sounds like you've been talking to a lot of people, given your voice <laughs> and how it sounds. And looking at your notes, I think you probably did. Yeah. The Home Alone 2. I'll, I'll preface this by saying the amount of things you did and people you talked to would have <laughs> would have like put me in a coma in a dark room <laughs> listening to ambient music for like three days straight. I did actually have uh, there was a moment because I, I was the reason I came to New York is I was at the MC and a speaker at Laracon, which is a conference for Laravel developers. And I, this is my third time. I love the community uh, because of you know how welcoming the community is. I've I've uh, not only am I trying to learn Ruby on Rails for the our app, but um, also trying to learn Laravel, uh, which is based on Rails. And yeah, it's just incredible. <laughs> the first day, you know, I'm on stage all day. I'm talking to people. I'm out in the lobby. I'm running all over the place. And then there's an after party, which was great. But a- after the after party, there's an after after party. 
<laughs> and I, I couldn't believe it because I'm for sure like one of the more extroverted people there. And I was like, I am, I'm socialed out. Like I, I need to go lay in my bed. <laughs> yeah. But they're like, uh, they're just like, they were crazy. I, I, I huh. couldn't keep up with them. Was it an alcohol fueled after after? Party? Yeah, I mean, there. I think the booze probably probably helps right. those folks. Probably helps. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, but yeah, anyway, so that was great. Um, met a lot of our fans uh, for this show. Hello to anyone listening from Laracon. Uh, you know, a lot of people came up, said they listened to the show, and uh, a lot of people congratulating us on our our cool. progress with Transistor. Yeah, Lar- Laravel, Laracon, and the Laravel community. It seems, it seems like a really, it seems like a really cool community. Re- yeah, I mean it. it there's, I feel like there's very few conferences I would want to go to these days, and obviously I, you know, I use Ruby and Rails and not mm-hmm. Laravel and PHP, but like it, I, I would, I would think that the whole conference was not focused on. Oh no, like PHP. No, and, there was. I mean, uh, the first talk was Adam talking about Tailwind and how he actually uses that those Tailwind in practice. So it's a lot of mm-hmm. live coding. Cool. There was Evan Yu from Vue that mm-hmm. was demoing a bunch of new stuff. And I also think there's so, there's a lot of benefit from seeing the adjacent possible, <laughs> meaning, you know, we could go to RubyConf or RailsConf and, and learn a bunch, but there's all of this innovation that's happening in other communities. And, uh, you know, even seeing, for example, how Taylor Otwell develops an app and basically, he comes up with something new every year and mm. announces it kind of Steve Jobs style at <laughs> at Laracon. And it, it's very much like a Steve Jobs keynote. Everyone, you know, he gets a big slot and everyone's like just listening. And he introduced a new serverless, um, uh, basically a serverless deployment application for built specifically for Laravel. And the attention to detail, like his UI work and... He, he's demoing everything on screen and you can just see he's methodically thought through all these different use cases and made something really special. And I think for me, it's inspiring seeing a product person and how they work and uh, just how much craftsmanship goes into what he's doing. So yeah, it was, it was awesome. Cool. Um, but I was also, because I'm in New York, I wanted to book a bunch of extra days so that I could meet people. Most of the podcast industry is either here or in LA and most of the technology companies are here in New York. So the first thing I did was I went to Spotify and I met with our contact at Spotify. Uh, we originally had someone in London and then they, they have they get, they assigned us a new person to us, and like my context for our contact at Spotify, I just didn't have any. In my mind, they're the person I email three times a day to update shows with new RSS feeds. Right, and so I don't know if it's someone in a like a basement with three thousand other customer support people. I've I've no frame of reference, and so I head downtown get to the Spotify building and I'm a small, ca- small town Canadian boy. <laughs> like, this is a, 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 my mind gets blown kind of a few different places. Like there's a security desk at the bottom that just says Spotify. 
and you have to go there and they check to see if your name's on the list. Then they give you a visitor tag. Then you swipe it and you that gets you into the elevator and then it takes you up to this floor that's quite high up and it's a big it opens into a big visitor lobby mm-hmm. and then you go and sign in like who you're meeting and it pings them in slack and then they come downstairs so uh i met with yeah the person i the, our our liaison is it not just like a customer support person he is in charge of all technology partnerships for podcasting at spotify oh wow And so right away, I'm like, okay, this is good context. And he also um, invited one of the programmers who works on the podcast dashboard, uh, Mm -hmm. like the dashboard specifically for podcasters. Such a good conversation. Uh, What I've said to a few people is, you know, you and I have been sometimes a little bit grumpy about Spotify. Uh And what was interesting is as soon as I'm with them, their humanity just kind of rubs off on me. And I'm all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, wait, these are real human beings that are doing good work. And the the connection instantly changes. And in some ways, like my attitude instantly changes yeah. um, because they, they were really eager to hear from us. Uh, despite the scale, <laughs> the scale. Oh, this is the other thing I thought of is before I got there early. So I had to go to the bathroom. So I went to the bathroom and it's like a typical startup. Like there's all these bathrooms and they got all these amenities in there, but there's just so many of them. And my immediate thought was Spotify spends more on bathroom maintenance in a month than we make in revenue in a month, just at this <laughs> office. <laughs> yeah. Like the scale of this place is just, oh, and it like overlooks the whole harbor. Like on one side, you can see the Statue of Liberty and then all the way on the other side, you can see all the way to Coney Island. And yeah, if they're if they're a downtown Manhattan, that is not. Cheap. No, no. This is like despite the scale of Spotify, they are really interested in what we're doing, like uh, genuinely interested because this is a big part of their business plan moving forward. Like podcasting yeah. is a big deal for them. And so uh, they seem very serious about developing good relationships and partnerships with folks like us. Nice. And that was encouraging. Uh, much better than you know some other partners, uh, One Rhymes with Mapple, uh, that are much harder to get a hold of. And um, <laughs> you know maybe I shouldn't call people out, but... Honestly, it's been really hard getting a hold of some folks. Uh, yeah, it is. And, uh, you know, like Google, like they've never reached out to us. So there's no, I don't even know who, where to start with some of these people. But uh, it was clear that Spotify's serious about um, partnering with technology platforms and content creators. And I, I learned a lot. I, I can't go into all of it here, but yeah. there was. Uh, a lot of context that was super interesting very cool yeah i'd, I'd love to get up there sometime and yeah they they were folks. eager to meet you too so next time you're in town um yeah you you should go for a visit uh and uh i said specifically to the developer um you know john would love to meet you and they they basically said like send us your feedback so Cool. everything that I, I i was pretty like raw like i wasn't i didn't hold anything back i said you know these are the struggles we've had and these are the opportunities we see this is what we appreciate about you um this is where we think there's opportunities to improve and 
he they were really receptive. So uh, A plus grade from Spotify. Cool. Uh, also, that's good to hear. Also got to see our friend Bill, um, who now works at Spotify, and uh, that was crazy because then I, they left, and then I went over to the thing and you know put Bill's name in. And he comes down and then he's like, okay, well, why don't we go up to my floor? And I'm like, wait, there's another floor? <laughs> I was like, I thought this was it. It's like, oh, awesome. how much money is going through this place? It's crazy. Yeah. Wow. That's wild. So that was worth the trip alone just to meet all those folks. That was really great. Uh, also met our friend Dave Zorob at Chartable. Um, got to hang out with him. Uh, and actually go and work out of his office for a little bit. Not not quite as nice as Spotify's? Uh, I mean, comparable. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, a little bit different, for sure. Okay. Uh, Dave and I had an interesting conversation, actually, about because they've just raised funding about uh, go big or go home or building a bootstrap business. And uh, he felt like that decision really is binary. Uh, you either do one or the other. It's right. you can't really go halfway between, and uh, yeah, it was that was a really good conversation. It, I always found it helpful whenever I could connect with people who are already embedded in the community, and I could kind of just basically what they live every day. I could get a sense of what's going on. Yeah, because everyone has sort of a different, a slightly different viewpoint. They're either focusing on like charitable is obviously focusing on analytics and something slightly different than what we are, and they might have like. Yeah, just a different perspective, a different, you know, you might learn something new that you didn't didn't realize before. Yeah, and I actually understand their product better now too. They have a feature called Smart Links that I thought was just um I, I misunderstood it completely. What it does is it's a it's like a campaign link you create. And so like one might be called Facebook, and then it will track all of your all the traffic right through to the download and be able to show you how many downloads you got from that campaign. Okay. Really, like if you're if you're promoting a show and you want to know, okay, like which campaign worked, did our Twitter campaign or Facebook ads or whatever, use these smart links to track the traffic all the way through the funnel and it will um it will yeah, show you where, you know, where your best kind of dollars spent were spent. Uh, and this is already works with our integration with Chartable. So Transistor customers can use this right now. Cool. Yeah, really cool. Um, what else here? I met my buddy Willie Morris, who's uh, he's really cool. I met him back in 2011 at Future of Web Apps. And he founded a company with, with uh, Gary Vaynerchuk and recently uh, sold it. And now he's doing strategy for Fanmeo, which is like, I think it's a, a competitor to competitor to cameo where you can like meet your heroes and uh, i gotcha yeah so that was really great uh really nice to see him uh met a bunch of our customers i i'm gonna miss a few people but uh jess and jmac from the base code podcast connor from the all things auth podcast and just i just came from a meeting with sherry from the water and music podcast uh every person i met like it was r- just encouraging it was really neat to see people who are creating shows and seeing the benefit from podcasting. 
you know, Connor is really doing it to network with people in the securities industry, like uh, the digital, you know, like digital security and yeah. all that stuff. Um, Sherry does uh, a pod uh, a podcast for people in the music industry. It's kind of like a combination of like music and tech uh, and the overlap between them. So people doing really interesting shows. And uh, yeah, it was really fun to meet folks that were, you know, in person that are using our product, asking them, how, why did you sign up? Like, how did you yeah. find us? You know, that's really cool. Yeah, it was it was really great. And uh, I randomly met a friend I have not seen since high school, 20 years. Um, Whoa. He, my buddy Nathan, he now works at Happy Cog. Wow. Those are, yeah, that's like. That's like a dinosaur in the web design. Yeah, industry. yeah, they've been around for a long time. Uh, started cool. by Zeldman, and yeah, he's doing really great work there. And then, <laughs> this sounds like a lot. Yeah, it is quite a bit. Uh, it is. Last night, we I hung out with Mike, who is uh, our mutual friend. But you introduced me to him. Yep. Yeah, I used to work with Mike. Uh, in Chicago, right? You're, it's a Chicago connection. Yeah, uh-huh. So he yep. now lives in Brooklyn, and uh, he uh, made a reservation at a place, and we went, and he introduced me to two of his friends. Uh, one works for Amazon. You've met him. and yep. But the other one does biz dev and digital strategy for Sony Music Global. <laughs> and, uh, you know, instantly it was like I was talking to him quite a bit. It was, there was a lot, yeah. lots to talk about there. So For sure. Uh serendipity that's cool that yeah it, yeah i feel like new york is crazy like that it is crazy uh, at some point i would love to uh, I, it'd be interesting to hear what people think about this because i think i have a little bit of not fomo but yeah i guess fomo which is this question that i introduced earlier it, it, is it better for me to live in a small town in canada and fly in somewhere once a year and be this exotic bird that's coming in that people want to see? <laughs> or is it better to just be embedded in the place and, you know, work from that angle? Yeah, it's hard. It's a hard, it's a hard thing to determine, I think. But, you know, I mean, look, look where you've gotten and where we've gotten from where you're living now. Just like Yeah, it, just from the way we're doing it now. Yeah, I mean, it. you know. It would certainly change things a lot. You'd probably be, I don't know, maybe you'd have a hard harder time focusing because there's so many other things going oh, on. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's nice to be able to do it. And like, I, I just caught up on our customer support stuff today. Like it was, I was so far behind on everything. It just felt like the normal stuff that I like take care of all the time was just adding up. So yeah, I don't think I could do this all the time. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah, you were that. You mean you're not living there. You're there for a particular reason. You wanted to make the most of it, so you're gonna fill your days. You up. just kind of go hard. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I I still do think it's it's nice having one of us living in a big city. Um, like mm-hmm. the fact that you're accessible in Chicago and you've gone out with some of our customers and uh, partners. Um, that is helpful. Having somebody. Yeah in a big city where people are already um and maybe you know maybe eventually if it's worth it i you know maybe i I don't know maybe i should move to toronto or something like that but yeah a lot of this also depends on the life you want to live and 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 then there's the, the other thought of like 
sure, networking and meeting people is helpful, but there's also like there's some diminishing returns there. Like eventually you've met the people and it's exhilarating at first because you're meeting all these people. But, um, you know, you also have to just do the work and get really real customers at a grassroots level. Absolutely. So yeah, that's it, man. That was, that's the big New York trip. That's a good trip. Yeah. You'll have to, you'll have to fill me in on all the secret, the secret details later. Yeah. There's some, there's some secret details. The guy from Sony said, oh, I'm going to have to get you drunk and get all your secrets. And I said, well, I'm not drinking right now. So uh, <laughs> I, got a, I got a protective hedge around me. <laughs> yeah. By the way, the not drinking thing, um, this is my first conference that I've been to where I haven't, I haven't drank anything. Yeah. Big difference. I, I just, I, I, I haven't been sleeping very well, but in terms of just like waking up and feeling good. Oh, I bet. Yeah. It's way, way better. I mean, I, I feel the same way. Like I haven't, I think I'm at like 45, 48. Oh, nice. Like that of not drinking. Good work, man. Uh, and it, you know, even if I sleep five, six hours, like I still feel okay. Yeah. Right. I don't feel, you know, great. I wish I could have gotten another hour or two, but like, I don't feel like garbage. Yes. Um, did, does, did it surprise you? how much people were drinking yeah that's yeah like not being not being the one drinking but like actually observing yeah totally and i've introduced a few people to this idea that most of the job to be done when you're drinking is just having something in your hand Mm because i noticed that like people you know they're they're drinking and then as soon as their beer is done it's like okay i got to get another one if i'm staying i've got to get another one but it's mostly to have this, um, not just security of having a drink in your hand, but you know it's normalized. It it gives you something to do. Everyone can take a sip every once in a while. But you know, even me not drinking booze, I'm drinking a lot of liquid because I always want something in my hand. Uh, just try to be in a circle of people and they all have a drink in your hand in their hand, but you're the only one that doesn't. It just yeah. feels weird. <laughs> so, yeah, that was that was. Uh, yeah, that was really um, different. The o- <laughs> the only time I really wanted one is I went to see Iron Maiden. <laughs> <laughs> I, How was that? That's the part I I I, I, I mean, yeah. This trip is crazy. Um, yeah. <laughs> I got to this place in Brooklyn like after this crazy day on the subway, and I had like my big pack on, and then. I stopped at the Apple store to get a new phone and it was just like nuts. And I finally get to the Airbnb. But while I was getting at the Apple store, I just noticed all these heavy metal fans, like my Iron Maiden fans walking around. I'm like, oh, wait, Iron Maiden's in town tonight. And I was like, oh, I should go. But I had my pack and everything. I'm like, I'm going to go. So I went back to the Airbnb, sat in my bed for a long time, just like, just like relaxed, had a shower, like, um, and then it's it's seven it's seven o'clock. The show starts at seven thirty, and I just decide I'm going to go. And so I just took the subway down to Barclay Center, and um, I, I didn't realize this, but Ticketmaster doesn't sell tickets to you if the show is going to start in ten minutes. Like if it's past ten minutes to go, then you can't uh-huh. buy tickets from Ticketmaster. Huh. So I was like, oh shoot! And then I I but the box office was still open. So I just went to the box office, bought a ticket, walked in, 
and now I'm at Maiden. <laughs> nice. <laughs> it was incredible too. It was like such a good show. Um, yeah, it was. It was nice to like go in there and just like not think about anything else except for yeah, uh, Satan. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the title of the episode. <laughs> yeah. So it was, it was great, but that was the time I was like, everyone's there's like, basically you can only order beer. That's all only thing that's in there. And so I was like, Oh man, oh, that'd right. be, I'm not, but it was still, that was also my first concert I'd gone to when I not drinking. Okay. And it was also great. Cool. Yeah. So that's enough for me. Do, do you want to talk a little bit about view before we go? Yeah, so I mean, it kind of you know, it's it, interesting you mentioned Lar- Laravel and Laracon and, and Vue because I know um, they've really heavily adopted Vue. Yeah. Dot uh, JS for for Laravel, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I've been meaning to really dive into it. Like we used it at Blackbox and, and Cards Against Humanity, but I I really wasn't involved in that part of it, so mm. I'm familiar with it, but I wasn't really like I couldn't just start coding. Yeah. It you know, like on the spot. Yeah. So, um, I had started a, a multi-episode like playlist player that you can embed in your website. So you can embed basically one player that shows all of your episodes for your podcast. And, you know, I designed it and updated it and got it like kind of working, but like, I just hit this point where I was like, I cannot do this with just vanilla JavaScript or jQuery or some combination of just like, garbage javascript that i'm writing yeah and i knew in the back of my head that like view or something like view would be really good for this mm-hmm. so over the past well last week i guess end of last week i just really like dove head first into it and like I, you know it's hard because you have to like ignore everything you basically have to ignore everything else yes like i had to just actively ignore customer service mm-hmm. requests and like emails and just uh, put on some headphones and like read documentation and just kind of like start rewriting our entire embeddable player mm-hmm. or at least, well, at least the JavaScript part of it, like um, all the styling and, and most of the HTML is, is still pretty useful. Yeah. But, um, you know, it's like with anything new, it's like, it's really nice to be in that beginner's mindset where you're like, I don't really know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. There's the initial couple of days of just absolute frustration and you're like, this, I don't understand any of this. And then the more documentation you read and examples and like a couple of tutorials, like you get to a point where you're like, all right, yeah, I get this. It makes sense. And like, it's actually pretty fun. And like, you're doing stuff and you're like, this is amazing that this works this way. Like, it's just like view is really, really nice. It, it, it abstracts quite a bit, doesn't it? Like it does. Like it really cut down the amount of JavaScript I wrote. Like a lot of the heavy lifting is just in the view library. Yeah. Um, but just that I haven't really worked with these JavaScript frameworks much like Vue or React where, you know, it's, it's this like two way data binding of like the data behind the stuff and the HTML. And like, if you update something, it just like magically updates other stuff. And it's just like, once you get that in your head and like get it to work, it's kind of. Magical. Yeah, like so that model of I I don't really understand that part, but you're saying there's a 
uh, a way of understanding. Like, are you talking the way it interacts with the database or something different? Well, not even the database. There's like a there's a data layer in JavaScript, right? They call it. Uh, it's like they talk about reactivity, where so you have this almost like this data layer in JavaScript mm-hmm. that holds all of your information about all of your episodes. Right? Mm-hmm. It's just like JSON formatted stuff. Yeah, and you have HTML templates that have they're sprinkled with like this special um, syntax for view, like templating language for view that ties into the JavaScript itself. Yeah, it, it's just like it it binds together this data layer and the view layer mm-hmm. so that if you end up changing something in the data layer, it just like automatically reflects it back in the in the view layer. Gotcha. Sort of sort of magically. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's it's pretty cool. It's cool stuff. Awesome. Uh, so that is coming along uh, nicely. And and so now you feel like you're making progress again because there was a time where you had to, before you could climb the mountain, you needed to kind of like, you know, uh, prepare your gear, get the... Yeah, yeah. Definitely had to dive in and just do some research and be like, I think this is what I want to use. Like, let me see if, if it, it is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I have like a version one of it done, but I think there's definitely room to refactor it and sort of clean things up again like there's just a lot of different ways to do it mm-hmm. in view um, but you can like you can split off parts of it into into these components that you can reuse elsewhere like we have a we have a player in multiple places uh, we have a player on you know our websites that we offer our customers we have a player on the, the embeddable widgets um, you know we don't we have a basic player in our dashboard but like those could all be the same player component and then you just sort of like mix that component into an, an embeddable player yeah as the part that handles the audio but then like on top of that is this other component that's the playlist so yeah they sort of communicate together yeah that'll be cool uh it's cool so there's there's a lot i mean view is cool i think that it'll come in handy too with the, just with the dashboard and the amount of you know like interactions we can do like better interactions with the data itself yeah yeah um, awesome well, it's just fun learning new things too. So it is, yeah, it is. And like I think combining that with an office space to work at and do the learning will be will be mm-hmm. nice. <laughs> totally. Awesome, man. Well, let I have I am actually meeting with someone from GitHub tonight. So oh, I, I gotta nice. I gotta get ready for that. And I turned off the air conditioning in this room so that it wouldn't make noise and I am sweating. <laughs> Why, why don't you go through our uh, just thank our Patreon yeah. supporters? Yeah, thanks as always uh, to our supporters. Um, we have uh, Robert Simplicio. Simplicio, brand new. Sim, is that right? Simplicio. I think so. Yeah. Hmm. I like that last. Yeah, name. I do too. A lot of good. <laughs> got a lot of good last names on here. It sounds like it sounds like a startup. <laughs> it does. Simplis, this, yeah. Simplicio. Make. Make things simple. Make banking simple again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Colin Gray uh, from Elitu.com, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Josh Smith. God, how do I mess up Smith? <laughs> it's the second time I've done that. Josh. I think it's because there's a SH and then another S. Josh Smith. Josh, Josh Smith. <laughs> Ivan Kirkovic, Brian Ray, Miguel Pedro. Guess Fita. who I met today. Who? Miguel Pedrofita. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, that's another person. Yeah. Cool. Got, he, he's on uh, 
vacation with his family from Spain. Uh, uh, what? <laughs> look, 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 he's uh, 17 years old. So he's right. like an incredible programmer. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Cool. Yeah. So got got to hang out with him and his mom today. It was, cool. it was awesome. Thanks, Miguel. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> uh, Shane Smith, Austin Loveless, Simon Bennett, Corey Haynes, Michael Sitver, Paul Jarvis, and Jack Ellis, Dan Buddha. DanBuddha.com, who I've never met. No. I haven't met him yet. yet. I got that. I have to go to Austin to meet him. You would have to go to Austin. Okay. That's where we'll, we'll do our next thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not in the summer, though. That's right. That's right. I have met the next fellow Darby Frey, Samori Augusto, Dave Young, Brad from Canada, Kevin Markham, Sammy Schuchert, Dan Erickson, Mike Walker. Also met Mike Adam Walker, by the way. Oh, nice. Yeah, it, was right. a, it was a little wow. bit of a meetup. Cool. There's actually probably some other people on this list I also met, but I just can't. Maybe, I'm not yeah. connecting it right now. That's cool. Uh, Adam Devander, Dave Junta. Junta. There was, a, there was one person. <laughs> there was a, someone at the co- conference that I was doing all these prize draws, and so I'd like take the name out. And the joke was I could not pronounce any of their names. Like, <laughs> if this is the mispronunciation podcast – this was like, I, I didn't pronounce one name right. Oh, no. And so one guy said, next one you take out, you should just take it out and go, Junta. <laughs> <laughs> but only only like, you know, five people in the audience would have got it. But <laughs> oh, that's great. People, yeah, people probably would have thought you're crazy. <laughs> uh, Kyle Fox at GetRewardful.com. And our sponsors this week, ProfitWell and Redash. Yeah, and this is uh, Redash's last month. So go to Redash.io. ProfitWell is around for one more month, and we have a new sponsor starting next month. Cool. Well, safe travels home and get some rest. Thanks, man. Justin. We'll see you folks next week. Podcast hosting is provided by Transistor.fm. They host our MP3 files, generate our RSS feed, provide us with analytics, and help us distribute the show to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. If you want to start your own podcast or you want to switch to Transistor, go to Transistor.fm slash Justin and get 15% off your first year.